Amen, amen. Praise God. Turn, if you would, again to Psalm, Psalm 8. Or just look up on the screen if you don't have uh, your Bible ready there. Psalm 8, verse 3. Uh, we're talking about dominion living. And uh, we still have some things in our heart about that. Um, Lord, drop this in my heart, uh, you know, to encourage our church for these last days, uh, just to emphasize these things in a strong way uh, for, for, you know, for several months here, to you know, get, our, get our minds renewed to some things that we need to know in the hour that we're living in. Uh, notice he said, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained. This is actually an angel talking here, observing here, looking at what God has done. He says in verse 4, uh, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Angels actually marvel at what God has done, his purpose for man. So for you've made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor. He made him in, God made him as, like himself, he, a little lower than actually that's Elohim in the Hebrew there. Crowned him with glory, honor, gave him a position of dominion and authority. He goes on to say here uh, that thou madest him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you put all things under his feet. You made him to have dominion. God made you and me. He made man to have dominion. Not to be dominated over, but to have dominion over. Amen. That was his purpose in the beginning. It's his purpose uh, throughout, you know, uh, the, the lifespan of, of men and men today. And uh, it's, it'll, it's, it's just what God had ordained for us to be in his image and likeness, for us to operate like him in our realm of domain. We're to be rulers. We're to reign. Ro Romans chapter 5, verse 17. This is another reigning, ruling, dominion kind of verse here. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. That was Adam's sin, you know, caused death, spiritual death to begin to reign. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Reign, rule, have dominion in life by one Jesus Christ. So Jesus had to come to undo what Adam, through his sin uh, and high treason, brought into the earth. Jesus came. And brought and got and restored man's dominion back. Jesus came to bring us the ability now to reign. Thank God. Not be reigned over, but to reign. Hallelujah. See, the curse, Satan, sin, disease is not supposed to be reigning over us. Now, if it, if it is in some way in your life, don't get condemned, but let's do something about it with the word with the truth that we're hearing. Amen. Uh, and let's begin to reign in life. Praise God. We're not to be the devil's doormat. Thank you, Lord. We're not to be victims of just life circumstances and difficulties and the attacks of the enemy. No part of our inheritance. See, we've got to have a different mentality. That's what this... Part of what this series is to help accomplish is to change our mentality, change our thinking. You need to, if you've had, if you've had a victim mentality, you need to remove it to a dominion mentality, which is a victor's mentality, a reigning mentality that I'm not supposed to be reigned over by this, but I'm actually to start reigning over this. Hallelujah. The devil's not, I'm not supposed to be under his feet. He's under my feet. That's why Jesus came. He raised me up, seated me at the Father's right hand in heavenly places. Not so I could be reigned over and kicked around. But so that I could exercise that dominion, exercise that authority, exercise rulership in the earth as Jesus is the head and we're his body. You know, the devil shouldn't be whipping us any more than he could whip Jesus. Because we are Jesus' body in the earth. He's under our feet, not just Jesus' feet. He's not just under the head's feet. The head has a body. That's you and me. He's under our feet. Now we have to exercise that. We have to enforce that. 
Uh, you know, it's interesting. So many, I hear Christians sometimes, you see people online, it's like with all the stuff that's going on in the world, the problems and, and all these things, people are saying, Lord, Jesus, please come. Well, I want Jesus to come too, but not, we, how many of we need to have the right attitude about that? Not Lord, come pull me out, come pull me out of this because I'm just getting so overwhelmed and defeated. That's not the mentality of, of Lord, of Jesus, please come. That shouldn't be ours. Because we're to be the occupying army. Thank God Jesus is coming, but he, he, he's coming back for a glorious church. One where, the, where, the, where you've got your, neck on, you got your foot on the devil's neck, you know. Not, uh, that's, that's the church he's, he, he's endeavoring to come back for. Amen. So that's a ruling and reigning church. We're to be the occupying army. <clears throat> we didn't have to whip the devil. Jesus did. Now we get to occupy and enforce the devil's defeat. Thank God. <clears throat> Thank God. Hallelujah. And if we see things in the word of God that maybe are not true about our lives right now, we need to do something about that. We can enforce that. We have the authority. We have an inheritance. We have the right. We have, the, we have that dominion that's been bequeathed to us in Christ to, to use our faith and use our authority to see the circumstance begin to line up with what the Word says is true about us. Amen. Today, though, I'm going I'm to deal with an area a little bit that uh, is necessary to talk about. And it's important when it comes to reigning and exercising dominion uh, that uh, needs to be addressed at times. Here in James chapter 4, let's look at this. James 4, verse 6. <clears throat> but he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud. You do realize pride is a big problem in, in being able to receive things from God and walk, walk out your dominion and to, to rule and reign in life. Pride's an issue. And, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time with that, but yet, I mean, I, I'm not, that's not the purpose of this right now, but yet we need to realize pride will hinder you from enjoying God's best because God resists the proud. You don't want God resisting you in any area. <laughs> so pride is, but pride's one way you can get that to happen. Well, but he gives grace. Here's where the grace comes to the humble. Or you could say to the submitted, to those who are yielded to the plan of God, the word of God, the will of God. And he goes on to emphasize that even more here by the word submit. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. See, we like to talk about the second half of this verse, but we need to also address the first half of this verse. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. This is first before you get to resisting the devil. Amen. You know, we did talk about resisting the devil last time. We talked about our victory over the devil, our authority over Satan. That's good. That's important. And people need to know that and need to walk in that revelation. <clears throat> but here's a further revelation we need to walk in if we're going to actually be able to resist the devil and be effective at it. We need to submit ourselves, therefore, to God. Then you're in position to resist the devil and he flees from you. Amen. So humility, submission, you realize that's the nature of Jesus. Now, pride, uh, rebellion is the nature of the devil. Amen. Remember Satan up in, he was Lucifer up in heaven. Uh, and he said, sin entered into his heart. And he said, pride, actually it was a sin of pride. He said, I will exalt my my throne above the throne of God. Amen. He said, I'm going to be like the most high. He said, I will. He was, you know, the devil, you realize this, Lucifer up in heaven in, in eternity past, he got, he, and he got to watch God. He got to watch God, how God operated when God spoke things and things came to pass. So the devil thought he would operate in a, in a principle of confession. I'm, I will exalt my throne above the throne of God. I'm going to have what I say. 
No, you realize confession doesn't work if it's contrary to God's word and will. That's a good lesson for everybody to learn. You can't confess things into existence with even trying to use your faith if it's contrary to what God says, if it's against God. Well, see, God, God resisted that proud one. And, uh, and God said, no, I'm going to cast you down to the earth. And uh, you know, you're, you're out of here, no longer in heaven. And, uh, and so God's, I know God, he tried to usurp God, but God, God's confession went out. <laughs> Praise God. God said, you're going to be brought down. And he was. So submit. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. See, that's re- now re- resisting the devil and him fleeing. Him go, that's ruling and reigning. That's just that. That's ruling and reigning right there. When you can resist the enemy and he has to go. That's ruling and reigning. When the devil's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and you stand against it in faith, you resist him steadfast in faith, and he flees, that's ruling and reigning. Thank God. That's dominion. But what has to come first? Submitting yourself to God. you got to be in the right position. That's part of ruling and reigning, is submitting. Not just standing up and saying, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you take your hands off my child, or in the name of Jesus, you take your hands off my finances. No, how many of you guys submit? Live a life of submission. Have a submitted heart. Submitted to the will and plan of God. Because that's what comes first. Listen, if you're not submitting to God, the opposite is true. That means you're rebelling against God. There's no in-between ground here. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Every one of you has rebelled against God. We've all rebelled against God at times in our life. Amen. Aren't you glad for his mercy? <laughs> you might not have called it rebellion. That's what it was. When you knew what the Lord wanted you to do, you said, I don't think I will. Amen. But see, when you're rebelling against God, you know what you're doing? You're submitting to the enemy. And we cannot submit to the devil and then say, flee, devil. I resist you, devil. He'll go, ha, ha, ha. That's what you think. He'll laugh at you if you're submitting to him and then trying to resist him. You can't do both of those at the same time. Can't resist him if you're yielding to him. So we have to live a life where we're submitting to the will of God, submitting to the plan of God, submitting to the word of God. Uh, look in, in Luke chapter seven. We have a, just a, a wonderful exa- account here of an individual who understood what it means to submit to God and submit to authority. Because if you can't submit to authority, you can't exercise authority effectively. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Now when Jesus had ended all the sayings in the audience of the people, he entered to Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying <clears throat> that he, the centurion, was worthy for whom you, he should do this. For he loves our nation, and he had built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Verse 7. Whether neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word. Matthew says, speak the word only, his version. Say in a word or speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Then notice now verse 8. Notice verse 8. This helps you understand why he was able to exercise this kind of faith in the authority of Jesus. He said, for I also am a man set under authority. 
Notice he didn't say, I'm in charge around here. I'm in charge of 100 guys. He said, I'm under authority. That's the first thing he said. He didn't say, I'm over a lot of people and I know how to, run, and I know how to get people to do things. He said, I'm under authority. A lot of people miss this right here. Then he said, having soldiers, having under me soldiers. He first saw, he said, I'm under authority and now I'm over authority. And I also have some exercising of authority over others. I say to one go and, to, and he goes to another, to another come and he comes. And to my servant do this and he does it. Wow. Of course, Jesus, you know, marveled at that and called it great faith. But, um, but we need to see something here. He said, I'm a, he realized one thing this man realized, this centurion realized why Jesus had authority over disease is because Jesus was under authority. He realized Jesus was under authority. He was under the authority of God. If Jesus wasn't under the authority of God, he wouldn't have authority. And this man recognized that. This man recognized that. That you have to submit first to be able to resist the devil. You have to submit to reign. Glory to God. Now this centurion, he knew he had authority over 100 men. Why? Because he was under the authority of the Roman government. Now, if, there, if this centurion broke his relationship with the Roman government, if he ended up in prison or if he went AWOL, how many know he would forfeit or sacrifice his authority over those hundred men? See, we can't forfeit our relationship with that one that we're under authority to. And then still be able to turn around and exercise authority over the devil. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, it's interesting also that, that centurion's servant, the one that got healed, you know, one, re one reason he was in position to get healed because he had submitted himself to the centurion. Because remember, notice again in verse eight, the last part of that, he said, I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. I say to my servant, do this. And he didn't, he didn't say, he said, well, I'll do it if I can. If I want to. No, he does it. The, the servant was under the authority of the centurion. That's what put him in position for the devil to have to flee from his body. So that he could resist the devil as well. Glory to God. Understanding authority, understanding submission is, is, is important in being able to exercise authority over the devil in your life. To rule and reign in life. See, Jesus kept his relationship intact with the Father, didn't he? He said, I always do what I see the Father do. <laughs> that kept him in position to be able to tell the devil, you got to get out of that person's body. To speak to the fevers and the diseases and say, you got to go. That kept him in that position of authority and dominion. Because he kept his relationship intact with the one he was under authority to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is very important. It doesn't get talked about enough. You know, we have to, that's why it has to be addressed. You know, just areas like our love walk. You know, we get excited about Mark 11, 23 and 24. I mean, I, we preach on it, you know, when we teach on faith, you can speak to the mountain, you know, Mark 11, 23, whatever, you know, you say to the mountain, be thou removed, cast and see, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what things you say. It shall come to pass. You have whatever you say. Then in verse 24, you got the prayer, powerful prayer, faith scripture. You know what things, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Man, that, that's authority being exercised, isn't it? 
That's authority. That's reigning when you can speak to think mountains and they have to flee. When you can ask and believe you got it and then it come, it changes the natural situation in line with God's word and it becomes a reality in your life. That's reigning. But notice Jesus didn't stop there. He said, and, oh goodness, he had to tie that word in to what he's about to say. He tied to verse 24, what he's about to say in verse 25 with that little word, and. And when you're praying in verse 24, you better forgive. Because if you got ought against anybody, amen, you better forgive so that your father can forgive. In other words, don't break that relationship. Don't, don't break, don't sacrifice or forfeit that relationship and fellowship you have with the father. Don't strain that because you want your prayers to work, don't you? That's what he's saying. You want to keep that dominion working, don't you? Then you better forgive people. You better walk in love. You got to get rid of that ought. If you want to see that mountain, get out of the way. Amen. You know, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's like one preacher said, every time we have a prayer line, we need to first spray some alt remover <laughs> on everybody. <laughs> so we can get rid of the alts when people come to get receive something from God. Because you're going to hinder getting to receive from God. You hinder, you hinder your dominion. You hinder the ability to reign and to rule in life. Unforgiveness blocks Dominion. Period. No way around it. Amen. You have to make the choice to forgive. You have to make the decision based on God's word. You've got to humble yourself. Submit to that word that says forgive if you have ought against any. So that your dominion can be enforced. Hallelujah. See, some people think. So again, we have wrong thinking, a lot of areas, and we've all had to deal with these things. Because if you really love God and you're submitted to God, you realize that's also going to be translated into how you deal with people. <laughs> if you love God and are respectful to him, you're also going to love people and be respectful to them. You know, 1 John talks about that. If you love God, how can you say, I love God, but don't love my brother? But Pastor, you know, I love God, but, you know, nobody, listen, you, and you, you don't have a right to talk about me and my relationships. I, uh, now, me and God, I had one guy tell me, you know, me and God, we have a tight thing. But he's having trouble in all of his other relationships and didn't want to come to church. Now, listen, if you really love God, Guess what? We're going to be able to see some of it. It will reveal itself whether you really love God or not. Not that we're to sit back and judge you because we all have to deal with our own area, you know, our own flesh and things. But don't think you can just hide it and say, me and God, we're tight. It'll show up how tight you are. If you're flying off the handle of everybody, treating your wife and kids like, you know, like dogs, and hey, don't tell me you love God because you're demonstrating you really don't. Woo, praise the Lord. Don't, 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 don't go to the refrigerator out there online right now, okay? Don't, this is not the time to go, to go take care of the dog outside. Just stay with me. That's why y'all need to be in church, not out there. I'm just messing with you out there. So go get your coffee and come back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> if you get out of love, you can sit there and command the devil to take his hands off you and all, all day long. But if you're in strife and you've, you you cut off, you forfeited that fellowship with God and, and hindered that relationship with him. Like I say, the devil, he'll just laugh at you. He'll mock you because he doesn't have to go. It's like, uh, 
I heard a Lester Summerall, you know, Brother Hagin, when I was at Ramah, you know, a student and even working there, Lester Summerall, Brother Hagin would have him come in, you know, every couple of years. And he was uh, uh, always just, uh, you know, he's one of these guys just so bold and God used him to cast out devils out of people, you know. And it seemed like everywhere, every time he had a service, there'd be somebody show up that had a devil in them. And it would manifest almost. And he had to, he'd have to deal with it. It's just... I don't know. It's like somehow he attracted those type people. But, uh, but God would use him. And one time he, he told of an experience of an evil spirit. He was endeavoring to cast out an evil spirit in, in someone. And that's, that evil spirit began to speak up and uh, began talking. And he told him to shut up and come out. You know, Lesser Sumrall did. And, uh, but the evil spirit said, you can't cast me out. And uh, bless her, I said, yes, I can. And in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. This evil spirit, though, for a moment, kept, he, he, he spoke up again, this demon, and said, well, so-and-so, and mentioned the preacher's name, uh, tried to cast me out, and he couldn't. And another so-and-so, another preacher he mentioned, tried to cast me out, and he couldn't. He said, and, the, and the demon said, you know why? They weren't living right. Alessa Sumrall said, well, I'm living right, so come out in the name of Jesus right now. <laughs> and he did. Well, Alessa Sumrall went on to say, he said, no, you're going to have to be living right if you're going to cast out devils. That was, that was part of that lesson in there, you know. Praise the Lord. You know, there's teaching out there. There's some of these, uh, some of these teachers have gotten into this hyper- grace thing and they're basically saying if you don't you, don't, you can live pretty much any way you want to and God still he'll forgive you and everything and, and and listen yes we are the righteousness of God in Christ if you're if you're born again you're the righteousness of God that doesn't change but uh, it does make a difference how you live if you're going to actually be able to resist the devil in your life and not be under the devil's thumb most of your life If you want to rule and reign, it does matter how you live. Now, thank God there's mercy for when you miss it. Thank God for that or we'd all be in trouble. But if you don't learn to stay under authority, you're not going to be effective at exercising authority over the enemy. We've got to learn to submit to authority. Submit to the word. Amen. Submit to the will of God. Submit to the plan of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know the devil had authority because Adam gave it to him, right? There in the Garden of Eden. In fact, uh, Satan himself told Jesus, it was, that's been delivered unto me. That's been delivered unto me. And so uh, when Adam did that, he forfeited his right of, of, of exercising dominion. He, he lost his ability to be able to rule and reign. That's why Jesus had to come and get it back for mankind. But Satan had a right. I mean, Satan had been given that dominion, had been given that authority. Amen. Um, so we've got to make sure, uh, you, know, you know, like I said, there's some that say you can live any way you want to. Why don't you ask, uh, when you get to heaven, ask uh, uh, Ananias and Sapphira how that worked for him. Well, praise the Lord. How's that working for you guys? God is merciful, but disobedience causes a forfeiting of dominion. It, it just does. Now, thank God, like I say, if you miss it, we can get it back. We can, we can get back into that place of right fellowship and relationship with God. But you can't reign if you're to, over the devil if you're submitting to him at the same time. If you're yielding to his lies, yielding to sin, walking in disobedience to his plan. You know, it's interesting in Proverbs, there's an instruction to young men about, there's, you know, about having sex with harlots. And notice what it says about that in Proverbs chapter 5. <clears throat> notice what Solomon says here, lest you give, verse 9, lest you give your honor, one translation says your strength, has to do with your authority. 
your honor does. Remember, you, God crowned man with honor. But you're, that's part of that authority and dominion. So you're giving your dominion to others to rule over you. Your years, in other words, to the cruel one, they're going to dominate you instead of you dominating it or them. <coughs> Hallelujah. What's he saying? It matters how you live. <laughs> Pastor, I want you to get back to how we rule and reign over the devil. Well, I'm talking about that. It's maybe not quite the way you want it this morning. That's all right. You give your strength over. You give your years of that verse. The rest, let's just read the, that other verse as well. Lest <clears throat> aliens uh, be, be filled with your wealth and your labors to the house of a foreigner. In other words, other, others will be able to enjoy what God had for you. You're going to forfeit it to them. Men that live that kind of life they think they're prosperous, but they lose about everything else in their life. Eventually, even their money will get taken from them if they're constantly yielding themselves in that kind of lifestyle. That's true in the world, but it's, many, it's certainly true for Christians. I've seen men lose a lot. You know, and, but again, thank God for his mercy. But there's some things, though, if you open the door to it, you can't, get the, you, you can't change it again. Praise the Lord. Everybody smile at Pastor this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. You still love me, don't you? You still love me. You have to, or you're going to lose your dominion, okay? You have to forgive me. What you yield to affects your authority. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Don't be angry. Sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Why? Neither give place to the, because it's giving place to the devil. It's giving place to the devil. You give place to the devil, you can't exercise authority over the devil. If you're not under control, under the, if your spirit is not in control of your life, if your flesh is dominating you, you just fly off the handle at everything, you get mad at everybody, unle you know, just unleash on your family and just <coughs> live out of control, you're giving place to the devil. So you can't live that kind of life and then turn around and say, devil, I resist you. No, you got to first submit. You may have to get control of your body. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, learning to be able to master your body and your soul. Because you don't want out of control people forfeit authority and dominion and can't reign in life. First Peter chapter three, verse seven. But aren't you glad you can, you can submit to God? You have the supernatural ability, ability in Christ by the power of the word and the Holy Spirit. Likewise, husbands, talk about husbands and wives. Dwell with, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife. Giving honor to the wife as under the... That means you live a, you're preferring her. You, you, you're caring for her. You're loving her the way uh, Christ loves the church. It's being heirs together of the grace of life. Why? So that you can maintain your authority in your prayer life. If your prayers are hindered, that's not reigning. That means you're giving an open door to the devil. If your prayers aren't working, the devil's going to have a field day. If you can't ever get any answers, if you can't see some things turn around because you're believing God's word. Well, this, if it works for husbands and wives, it'll work for every other relationship too. Really, you, you hinder that, that relationship, you're hindering your ability to walk in dominion and to reign in life. Glory be to God. Mistreating other people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, 1 John, chapter, 1 John 1, here's, here's a way we have to, if, if, we, if we miss it, we need to confess our sins. Confess your sin. See, I'm not leaving you here hopeless this morning if you've not been submitting your life to God. We all have missed it in that area. We've all rebelled. We've all been in disobedience. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and cleanse us from a broken, strained fellowship and relationship with God. He'll get us back in the right place where we're in the right place with God. Because submitting to God obviously involves first being in Christ. That means you get born again. That's the first way you submit to God. You say, I need a savior. I'm, I'm lost. I need, I need Jesus. So you got to come into Christ. That's, that's the first act of submission. Amen. Got to be born again. Cause that gets you in a position now to rule and reign in life. Cause you're now righteous. You're right with God. He's given you the gift of righteousness whereby you can reign in life. So we've, we first, we've got, if we're going to submit, we're going to have to be in Christ. Remember those uh, seven sons of Sceva in Acts 19? They did not have, they, they said, we saw Paul and you guys casting the devil, taking authority. You know, these, these vagabond Jews, they took the call over them, which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord. Words, they tried to use the name of Jesus to take authority over evil spirits. Said, so we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Well, see, they didn't have a right to do that because they weren't in relationship with God. They were not in Christ like Paul was in Christ. So they didn't have the authority. They weren't submitted, so they couldn't resist the devil. So what happened? The devil jumped on them. <laughs> the devil dominated them. Amen. The next, what does the next verses say there? The seven sons of Sceva, chief of the priests, which did so. Uh, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Isn't it amazing the devil doesn't even know those who are in his own kingdom? <laughs> people that serve the devil. You know, these people that become a part of the Satanist, you know, religion or whatever they want to call it, you know. The devil doesn't even know who they are. That's how much he cares about them. Who are you? Well, then, that, then what happened after that? The man in whom the evil spirit was, le he leaped on them. So that they overcame and prevailed against them. He overcame. In other words, the devil had dominion over them instead of them having dominion over the devil in the name of Jesus. Why? Because they weren't in Christ. You got to have the right relationship. You got to be submitted. Submitted to God in your life. We also have to submit to the word as Christians. We've made reference to that. We've got to be submitted to the word of God. When we see something in the word, we need to submit to it. You know, I know of pe I, I, and, and people that, uh, you know, you, I, I've seen people say that, Pastor, I've heard people say, Pastor, the devil's coming against my finances. I, and I've, and I've, res I've rebuked him to take his hand off my financial situation. But, but then you, you realize, I, I've, I've asked a person before, well, you've been tithing? Bible says he rebukes the devourer for the tither's sake. That gives you dominion in the financial arena. It's, that's submitting to God. It's submitting to the word. Well, I don't know if I believe in that. Well, then, then, you, can't then you can't say, devil, get your hand out of my finances. You're not submitted to the word. It's just like with the love wall. You got to be submitted to the word. When you see what the word says about forgiveness, you don't say, well, I don't think I like that. And then go, and then you, then, then you might as well just forget about reigning. Hallelujah. Isn't this fun this morning? It's fun when you put it into action, but this is an, this, this is part has to be dealt with too. Cause people want to say, yeah, in the name of Jesus, I rule and reign. Well, are you submitting? That's first in James four, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. We have to be submitted. We have to be submitted to the Holy Spirit and his leading, his direction, his voice in order to be able to rule and reign effectively. Hallelujah. You know, I can't, I can't just say, you know, because I, I took a trip to Hawaii once and I thought, man, this would be a nice place to pastor. That was my flesh talking because that place was gorgeous where we were. 
Like, man, wouldn't you like that atmosphere all the time? But you know, if I'm a soldier in the Lord's army and I try to go AWOL against where he stationed me, I lose my authority as a soldier. <laughs> I've, I've basically thrown my badge in the trash can. Amen. You know, you can't just go out and do your own thing. You got to be led by the spirit of God. You got to follow the will of God. You got to follow the plan of God and what God put in your heart to do. I have a platform for dominion and to rule and reign in the place God has led me to be. And, to, and when I'm doing what he's called me to do. Praise God for that background music there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> what an age we live in, right? But we can only reign and rule if we're being led by, if we're following that leading of the spirit, what he wants us to do concerning God's will for our life, concerning his plan for our life. So that leads me into, not, and again, there's protection in that. You know, I, I could give you story after story of people that I know of an individual who uh, followed that leading and God protected him from a, a crash. The Lord's done that with me from a potential car situation. I felt that I, I had the prompting to stay where I was in an intersection for a couple of seconds, stay there longer. And I avoided a, a, a crash that happened right in front of me. That, that type of thing was so you got to follow the leading to have to exercise authority. We have to follow the plan of God. That ties right in to even uh, submitting your life uh, to a local church and to people. See, a lot of people don't like this part about submission. Submitting to God oftentimes involves submitting to people God has set in your life. Doesn't mean they're to lord it over you. I could, you know, I don't, I don't tell anybody, you know, what to do, where to go. Well, I, don't, I don't want that job. Now, I have responsibility to preach the word to people, but I don't run people's lives. And I don't tell somebody they better be at my church. No. I will say you need to follow the Holy Spirit, though, because you need to be where God puts you. God set people in the church, in the body, as it pleases him. So you need to find where you're supposed to be set, where God set you. That's your job. And if you come to a place and you're getting fed and ministered to and the Holy Spirit just bears, that's, man, you're there right now. Then you need to, you need to commit to that because that's a place of reigning for your life. You can't reign effectively if you're not submitted to the place. There's a submission that involves the place God has for you. And that's true with, uh, it's true again in this area of your church. And people in your life. There are people that think, I don't need a pastor. Well, they're just deceiving themselves. Because God, they're not going to get certain things ministered to them. And, and, and they're not going to get certain wisdom and direction and impartation unless it comes through a person. Or people that God set them under. You're not going to get it on your own, sweetheart. People that think they're uh, th these loners and think I can just get it all on my own, they're in self-delusion. It's a fool that thinks he can do it on his own. That's true with ministers. I've had to talk to ministers say, are you staying hooked up with your company? Why are you not? Why do we never see you at any of our ministers meetings? Why do you never, why do you never go back to Rama and get involved in the camp meeting and the winter Bible and the places, the times when they have the ministers come together? And I've talked to people because they wonder, why is this happening? Why are my kids not? And I say, well, if you're out of place, it's going to affect your family. I've seen ministers, they get, out of, they, they, they get out of sorts with those in authority. They get offended or whatever. Listen, offense will never get you to the place where you can walk in, in great dominion in your life. It'll always bring you down out of it. And the devil will whip you. 
And I've seen ministers that get out of that place and, and, and allow the enemy to lie to them and deceive them. And it and ends up costing them things in their family. Because if you get out of line, it's going to affect your kids. That's why we have to teach our kids to submit to authority, respect authority. Amen. Children need to be taught because if you don't teach them at home, but God told us a promise in Ephesians 6. If you'll, uh, you know, children, respect, honor your parents so that you'll have a long life and they'll go well for you. And that's a parent's job to instill that kind of respect for authority. One way you instill that is you take them to church. You don't send them to church. You set the example. You have to set the example of submitting to authority in their life. You don't sit there and badmouth those in authority. You don't sit there and yap about their teachers, their, you know, the spiritual leaders, anybody, or, or, or even political leaders. You got to be careful about that. You don't instill in your children a disrespect for authority. Because they're eventually going to get out in the real world. And if they've not learned that authority at home, oh my goodness. You've unleashed some problems into the earth. There are prisons filled with, with guys that they, they didn't have a dad. That they, one, of did, one of them didn't have a dad to even show them how to respect authority. But parents that just let them do their own thing. I don't want to get into a whole path of you know, parenting teaching here. But it applies, this applies to every, every area. You look at the book of Ephesians, talks, and especially Ephesians 5 and 6, has to do with honor, respect, submitting. Husbands and wives, wives, submit yourself to your husband. Husbands, love you. Nobody, nobody gets to miss out on the submitting part. And, and if a husband starts telling his wife, you're supposed to submit to me. Well, buddy, you're out of line right there. You can't make somebody submit, and that proves to me you're not really submitting to the Lord yet. If you're demanding, if you're demanding submission, you're already off, you're already off, the, <laughs> off the reservation. You're in trouble yourself because you can't demand submission. I don't demand it from our church. Once you raise your kids, you can't demand it from them. Hopefully you trained them well enough they understand how to, how to walk with authority and learn to submit to authority in their life. But Ephesians talks about that. Submitting to, to you know, employees to employers. Now, if they tell you to do something against the word of God, you don't have to submit to that. That's true with husbands and wives. It's true with churches and, and, and sheep, you know, or church, you know, church members. It, it's, you, know, it's, you, you don't just follow somebody blindly if they're out, outside the word of God. But you know, Jesus himself said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Even though there was a dictator and, you know, the evil dictator in charge of the Roman government, Jesus said, well, you still need to pay your taxes. He submitted to the authorities, but he submitted to God first. But in submitting to God, it involves also submitting to people in different areas of your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Father. See, God sets people in, a, in authority over us. So if somebody tells me, I don't, you know, I don't like that church stuff, but I love God. Oh, I love God. And I got, like I told you, I got, I got, man, me and God, we're tight. But he spends all his Sundays on the lake. I want to say you ain't as tight as you think. Because the word says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Hallelujah. That's not me. That's the Bible. That's the word of God. Because that, it ought to be important to you to want to be a part of what God's doing. To be to serving is part of submitting. We talked about earlier, giving is part of, you're hooking up, you're submitting your finances to the will of God, the plan of God, through your tithes, through your giving. That's part, of, it's all part, but it, it positions you then to be able to say, devil, take your hands off my money. 
Hallelujah. See, this authority doesn't work without properly submitting to the word, to the Holy Spirit, to the right place you're supposed to be, to the church God's set you in, the body. Hallelujah. And how we treat those that we're in authority under. Remember the centurion, I'm a man under authority. He emphasized that first before he saw the exercising of authority in his life over the enemy. So how we treat those over us matters to God. Remember Korah? Y'all remember Korah in number 16? We're not going to take time to look at it. Korah and his company? They're not a good company to be a part of. <laughs> it was a nonprofit company. Because <laughs> they started talking to Moses, you know, and said, Moses, who put you in charge? We, we hear from God just like you do. We got the same Holy Ghost. God hears our prayers just like he hears yours. What are you doing trying to tell us where we should go, what we should do? We're holy too. You know, God, God kind of demonstrated what he thought about that. He came down on the scene and said, Moses, you and Aaron, you and, Aaron and some scoot over. Y'all get out of the way. If God says, get out of the way, you're going, oh, you go, oh no, okay. What? <laughs> the earth caved in. That's how much, that's what God thought of that. That kind of rebellion. That, that unwillingness to submit to the authority. Now, that's an extreme example. That's under the old covenant. Thank God we're not under the old covenant. Some people, they'll just run and yap and get upset and they run to the next church and do the same thing and they'll run because they live offended. And then they wonder why they can't rule and reign and their kids are serving the devil. And they never get it. If I say, I love my pastor, <laughs> you have to or you won't rule and reign in life. Our effectiveness in reigning is dependent on our proper relationship with God and, and that having a heart that's submitted to his word, his will, the Holy Spirit leadings, and his plan and his place, and to that new nature on the inside. We've got to be willing to submit and flow with, with the love walk, you know, with, with joy, you know, you need to submit to joy in life. If you're not, listen, what you're not, if you're not excited about God, you're not going to rule and reign in life. If you lose your joy, in fact, Deuteronomy, we talked about that when we were talking about the curses, you know, that we were redeemed from. Deuteronomy 28 says, if you don't serve the Lord joyfully, you'll end up serving your enemies. That means you're not reigning anymore if you're serving your enemies. It means they're reigning over you. They're exercising dominion over you. So you got to submit to that new nature. Submit. Submission is a good word. It's a good word. Listen, even if, like I said, husbands and wives, men need to be submitted to God. Wives do need to, the Bible teaches submit to your husband. I didn't write that. It's not a chauvinistic Bible. It's a Bible that reveals, and it doesn't mean you do everything your husband tells you to do if it's against the word, if it's against the word of God. But it does mean you flow with that authority. Even if you disagree with some things, you still need to flow with that because it's going to end up being better for you. And you're going to position your spouse to be able to receive things from God and for God to be able to lead them and use them. I know this isn't a marriage teaching either, but it applies to every one of these areas because you want to have, you want to rule and reign in life. And the best place to reign is from a submitted place to even endeavor to reign. Hallelujah. Like I said, I could expand on every one of these right now, but we don't have the time. And, uh, but this is, uh, it's, it's, it's a very important subject, what we're talking about. Submitting to the word, you know. Remember even Jairus, I'll just mention him, Jairus. Uh, and remember him in Mark, Mark 5, uh, 
Jesus said, you know, he got the bad report about his daughter, you know, that she's dead now. He had, he had, cause he had said, Jesus, if you come to my house, you'll, you, she'll be healed. He already spoke his faith, but then he got the bad report interrupted on the, on the, on his walk to his house. And Jesus stopped right after the bad report. He stopped and said, Jairus, fear not, believe only. You realize him submitting to that word. He had to submit to it. Because he could have just gone crazy. No, she's dead. She's dead. Jesus, you're too late. It didn't work out like I thought it would. He could have gone berserk. But he had to take authority over his own mind, his own, his own thought life. He had, to, he had to stay in that place of faith that he had started in. He had to stay submitted to the word of God. Fear not. Okay, I'm not going to fear. I'm going to believe. I believe. I'm going to believe. Jesus told me to believe. See, sometimes we don't understand how it's all going to work, how, it's gonna, how we're going to get to the end of the road with a victory, but we got to say, I, no, I, I got to keep believing. That's, what I, that's all I got from God. That's all I've got from his word. That's what the Holy Spirit keeps telling me. Stay with the word. Stay with what I've been believing and saying. He stayed with it. Hallelujah. And he ended up reigning because he submitted. So it's different areas of life, different realms of, of, of our walk with God. We've got to stay submitted, submitted to the will of God, submitted to the plan of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you have to submit to reign. You have to submit to reign. You have to submit if you're going to reign. Yeah, we all want to reign. We should reign. We got to be, we need to be reigning minded, dominion minded. This needs to be our mentality. But don't forget, we've got to stay submitted to. We have to stay under authority to exercise authority. To be effective at exercising authority. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, we're going to take communion here in just a moment. As believers, first let me just, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you've never received Jesus as your Lord, you, can, you need to submit yourself right now and come into the kingdom. Make that choice. I can't, nobody can make it for you. And I'm not, I, you know, I can't make you, but it's a choice. You have to make a, a submission is a decision by the individual. But it'd be the greatest submission, submitting of, any, of your life to anything that you've ever done. It's, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make is, Submitting yourself to Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if you haven't done that and you're ready to this morning, uh, and I'll pray with you. I just need you to do something. Just raise your hand. Acknowledge, I need Jesus today as my Lord and my Savior. Just acknowledge that through the raising of your hand. Amen. All right, praise God. Well, you can look up at me. I believe everybody here is a born-again child of God. If you didn't raise your hand and you have, just were embarrassed about that, and that's true even just online here, just... Call somebody. We'd be glad to help you. It doesn't matter if you, I mean, it's good to respond in church, but at least respond at some point. Call somebody. Talk to us after service if you want to. But, um, but make that decision. Submit your life to Jesus. Greatest decision, most important decision you'll ever make. If you're going to, especially if you want to reign in life. You know, we're also down here. This is reigning training, you understand, in this life right now. Because we're getting ready to reign through eternity. Reign during the millennium. Reign with Christ. Hallelujah. So what, that's why it's important to learn how to reign here. So we can reign throughout eternity with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But one thing about this I want to also bring out here before we receive communion today as believers. Because this is a time for consecration this morning. Do you realize the reason we can even partake of these and celebrate the blood like we were singing about, about the blood and the body and the broken body and rejoicing about that. We're going to be rejoicing throughout eternity. The reason we can even celebrate the blood and the body is because Jesus submitted his life. The Bible says in Philippians 2, he humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. 
He said, Lord, it's not, not my plan, your plan. Because his flesh didn't want to. Remember it in the garden? He said, Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. I don't want this. My flesh is recoiling. But he said, no, Lord, he, 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 he spent time in the presence of God and got his, got his heart to where it was, it was in the place of supremacy, a spirit man. He knew the plan. He knew the purpose. He knew the end result. Because the end result of submission is always blessing, dominion, the favor of God. It's always the benefit so far outweighs the price of submitting to your flesh and telling your flesh it needs to get in line. And there are times we have to be reminded of that because sometimes we let our flesh just dominate us in life. We don't, we don't do the things we should do and we, don't, and, we let it, and we just keep yielding to the wrong influences at times in our life. But it's going to hinder your, your dominion and your reigning in life because it's, so, it's going to be so, you've got to remember, it's so far benefit. It is so much more beneficial for you to just submit now because it's going to, your life of victory and reigning and being, you know, being an overcomer is going to so far outweigh any little price of putting your flesh under. It's like the blessings of a marriage, the blessings of family. Are tied to individuals who just said, I'm, I'm not going to yield to this over here. I'm going to stay true. It, it, it's across the board in different areas of our life. And listen, we've all missed it. As we said, we read 1 John 1 9. We've all missed it in the area of submitting. But let this be a time because Jesus submitted his life so that you and I could celebrate communion today. And then in turn, Say, Lord, we're submitting our lives to you fresh and anew. Because maybe you have gotten a little off track in your consecration and submission to God and his, his will, his plan, his word. Some of you may have heard God speak to you in an area, but you've been putting it off, putting it, casting it to the side, saying, no, I want to do what I want to do. Some of you out there online, maybe you've been the same way. But that's subject to change. You can make a decision like Jesus did. He humbled himself, became obedient to the cross and the plan God had for him. God isn't calling us to go to a cross and die, but he is calling us to take up our cross, which means crucify your flesh. Do what your spirit's telling you to do. Do what the word is encouraging you to do. Maybe you need to forgive that person that you've been holding a grudge at for the last 10 years. Put your flesh under. Submit to the word of God, the will of God, the plan of God, the spirit of God. And it will go well for you. And your future days will be so much better because you submitted today. Jesus is our example in submitting. So let's, let's just right now before we receive communion. Yes, communion represents healing. It represents deliverance from the, Satan's power. But it also represents a fresh consecration to God, like our master in the garden gave a fresh consecration. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will. Your will. Because you've got the plan that's going to cause me to eventually reign. When I submit to you, I'll be in position to overcome the enemy in every area of my life. So submit yourself right now. Just go to the Lord for a moment. Let's take a moment here. Some of you may have to deal with it. Some of you, maybe just, it doesn't take a whole lot. Just one thing right now. One thing that's came up in your heart that you say, Lord, okay, I've, I've not been obedient in that area. I've not been submitted to your word. I see it. I see what your word says. I see what your spirit is saying to me. Submit yourself fresh and anew today. It may be in a, in a vital relationship you have in your life. It may be just in being obedient to, to, to certain things, even concerning things God's put in your heart to do in the, in the church. 
concerning your job. Maybe your attitude's been stinking. Maybe you've been doing things halfway on the job and stealing time from your boss. How many of God can't bring favor on your life if you're not submitting to that part of the word or being diligent in what, in what you're putting your hand to? You need to repent of that. Say, Lord, I'm going to do every, everything I do. I'm going to do it unto you. I'm going to work unto the Lord. And I expect your favor. So you can resist the devil then. Hallelujah. This covers a lot of areas, doesn't it? A lot of areas. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we consecrate ourselves fresh, anew, this day, this hour. Father, I purpose to do your will, your plan. Forgive me for where attitudes haven't been what they need to be. Father, I haven't been willing to do some of the things that I've been somewhat obedient in. But Father, now I've made the adjustment. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing, even though it doesn't bring me any attention, it doesn't bring me any, uh, any honor in the, from, from men. People don't see it. People don't even know about it. But I'm doing it unto you because I love you. And I want to do your will and fulfill your plan. I submit my willingness to you. I'm willing and obedient. And I thank you that I can eat the good of the land. Enjoy dominion in this life. Ruling and reigning in the name of Jesus. Amen.